y'all. It's time for an At the Table with Rolling Dice and Taking Names. That's right, the original At the Table. And in this episode, the guys talk with Game Topper's owner, Kevin Bacardsmeyer, who tells us about the cost of doing business during these trying times. And yes, original. Like original Moon Pie, original RC, the original Mattress Company, KFC's original recipe. Hello and welcome to episode 257. The original at the table with Marty and Tony. And we are so excited tonight to have the owner and CEO of Game Toppers, Mr. Kevin Burkhart. Oh, shoot. See, Kevin, I screwed it up. Burkhart Smyer. Burkhart Smyer. Burkhart Smyer. I always call you Berkey or Kevin and never by your last name. It's so much better. And I don't really care. Just don't call me late for supper. Oh, boom, boom. Kevin, welcome to the show, buddy. This is exciting. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I love you guys. You know, we've been friends for a long time, but I, I just the other day I went out for a walk to take a little break and I got a little bit of my fix of my favorite two old guys on the radio and podcasting world. And oh boy, I just feel rejuvenated after listening to you guys. Well, it has been a while since we've had on the original at the table uh, episode. Don't shake your head, Tony. You know why I'm doing I this. I know why you're doing it. It's because of what Dice Tower did. I mean, everybody, <laughs> they, they they take the original from us. And that's okay. We can be original. No, 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 no. We are the original. We're the original at the table. Well, we were the original chit-chat, too. But we, we'll add another group get that one, too. <laughs> that's okay. At the ta- and we are at the table. We are at the Game Topper table is what we're at. Yeah, so y'all, if you don't know anything about Game Toppers, Kevin, uh, you've got a, a Kickstarter going on right now. You're calling it your Kickstarter 3.5. For people who have no clue what a Game Topper is, give us the speeds and feeds, man. Give me your elevator elevator pitch of what you can provide for us as gamers. Really, all Game Toppers is is a portable gaming table that it's a topper that sits on top of your existing table, converts it into a high-quality board gaming table, with thematic game mats, all kinds of styles, accessories, uh, cup holders, all the features of a full functioning table. And now we even have leg kits so it can be standalone table with dining covers. And our brand has gotten quite large. So there's a lot of different things that will uh, gamers will just love. And it all came from the love of the hobby and tricking out games. One of the, I mean, you've got leaves, like you said, legs. But my favorite part are the variety of mats that you have. Those mats are, I mean, I posted on Instagram when Marty gave me the password again, and I showed a puzzle going <laughs> in of, you know, I'm doing this uh, Thunderworks puzzle and my wife loves it because, you know, she's not having to try to pick up the pieces. She can push down on the mat. It's amazing. Marty came over and the game topper mat was scotch guarded. And so when he spills his drink, we're good to go. I don't have to worry about anything. Oh, dude, yeah, the, the mats. So uh, we're very fortunate to have a mat that's covering our game table. Now, we have one of the original Geek Chic tables that doesn't even exist anymore. And that felt was all messed up, Kevin. You provided us with the mat, and my family absolutely loves it. It's stitched on the edges. It feels good. It's thick. So, yes, you sell an amazing game topper. But those mats, too, are so good because if it's like, I already have a game, a place to play. I just need a good mat. And you have a bunch of different sizes. Oh, tell me more. You are massaging my heart. (laughs) (laughs) No, I tell you, it's really true. I love the environment of gaming. And so having a thematic element uh, with our mats, and we've spared no expense to hire some of the industry's best board game artists. And we're going to have a bunch more, but... On our last Kickstarter, we had Vincent Dutre do our great wall, and this thing is gorgeous. And what a gem of a fellow to work with. He lives in Korea, by the way. I didn't know that. Uh, he's a Frenchman, but he lives in Korea. And there was actually a period of time where I was working with uh, with him on the art direction, and he paints on canvas. He doesn't do digital work. Whoa. It's canvas. And he actually had to back off his project for three weeks because of humidity. Crazy, right? Little fun fact. I, I had no clue. That is that is pretty amazing. And his his style, you know, people, you just said, hey, we're doing Vincent Dutrait. And they said, give it to me. They hadn't even seen the art. They just said, give it to me. He has a very um, we, unique art style. It is, it is so cool that now the some of the well-known artists in the board game industry, you recognize by the style. Kevin Dutrait is one. 
Uh, Ian Atul is another one. And, oh my gosh. Ian's awesome. I forgot Beth. The, the gentleman's name. Oh. Kawani. Michael Menzel. Yeah, but... Uh, Oh my gosh, I, f- I forgot. Wow, the you don't, name. you can't, you, it's good that they're getting recognized and you're forgetting the name, but you can go search. Well, them. no, no, I'm sorry. So he, I remember he did, he did the uh, Overlight RPG for uh, Renegade Games, but he's done a bunch of stuff. He has a very colorful. Um, uh, Quan Chai Moria. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. So, yes, all these artists that now it's like, oh, that, you know, that's a Morian, that's an O'Toole, you know, that's a Dutre. That's, that, that's just really cool. F- funny, really quick story. We can move on. But w- our last Kickstarter, we did this pirate map. Jaroslav Radecki, he's a Polish artist and a professor of art in Poland. He, he did Reavers of Midgard, by the way, the Ooh. art. So he did our Viking map, and we used that same art style. So it's like crazy awesome for Viking games. But then we did the pirate map, and this was such a fun thing. It was a little mini collaboration on the idea with Jamie uh, Keggy from the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast. And I got the idea. I sketched it out. I sent it to him. He loved it. Well, we were just recently playing Dead Reckoning from AEG. And we and this is Ian O'Toole, right? Yep. Beautiful artwork on that box. Crazy awesome presence on the table. We had it on our Viking map. John Zinzer, the owner of AEG, he, he says, Berkey, I got to have that map. Ian O'Toole messages me, Berkey, I got to have that map. <laughs> and so I sent them both. So Larkston has a pirate map, Ian O'Toole. We had to go through a bunch of crazy stuff to get it to Australia, but we got it to Ian and he might help us on another project. And I, I'm super jazzed about these connections in the hobby and people loving what we're doing and and that we're doing it well and it's getting that kind of acclaim. Yeah, so we're going to hear more about a little bit about the Kickstarter by the end of the episode. So you can tell us a little bit more about what's what you're offering and what you can get from this Kickstarter. But you actually just made a comment that is really one of the reasons why we have you on. You said you had to kind of jump through hoops to get this thing shipped to Australia and stuff. You are a manufacturer and these tables that you uh, are, are, are manufacturing consist of wood, metal, etc., uh, the world is kind of still kind of topsy-turvy now with supply chain issues. And with you having to rely on raw materials, getting them in, actually shipping this stuff out, what's some of the uh, issues that you've ran into as a manufacturer that we might not even realize that uh, you all are having to go uh, through? I mean, so before you, I mean, 3.0, Kickstarter 3.0, man. I can only imagine what Berkey was feeling as things are going topsy-turvy. And he's got this humongous, successful Kickstarter out there. Dude, what what were you feeling? How was the antacid? <laughs> uh, it was wonderful, and and Tom's works really well, and you know uh, other other things work really well. Hammers work really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> A little bit of scotch, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of different coping mechanisms. No, it's it's our our 3.0 Kickstarter. We did quite well at the beginning because we were we. Offer, we had wave one and wave two. Wave one was with product that we mostly had. We delivered a month ahead of schedule and in only two months from the Kickstarter date, which is unheard mm-hmm. of, right? We thought, wonderful, we're doing a great job. We did what we said. Wonderful. Did better than we said. Then we were not immune to what happened in the world. And the whole world went upside down. Overseas issues went upside down. Domestic issues went upside down. So it wasn't just pandemic, lockdown, those type of considerations. There were other considerations that had a cascading effect. And I actually have quite a few items that I I just wrote down, a few of the things that will hopefully maybe give a little bit of insight to your listeners about what a manufacturer goes through that maybe they weren't aware of. When, When you're in the industry, whether it's making a board game or a product, it doesn't have to be game related. Everyone is feeling uh, the pain of this, if you will. And the frustration, I think, is probably one of the biggest things because we want to do what we say. We want to deliver an awesome product on time. We want to exceed expectations. That's my heart's desire, Annie. And, and when I give some of my word, that's a big deal to me. I was unable to fix and I was unable to forecast well, what happened? We had to, from that point, it really runs down to, okay, how good are you at problem solving? Uh, how hard are you willing to work? And can you keep your head up in the middle of it all? Well, give us an example of some of the challenges. Well, I'll give you a, a, a couple. One of the, a lot of the people in the board games uh, space also 
have heard a lot about shipping woes, and we experience that. One of the difficulties is uh, we live in rural Minnesota. Uh, we are about three hours from Minneapolis. That's Minnesota. So is that how you do it? Minnesota. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. You betcha. Oli and Lena are up here in the woods, you know, so we'll get a squirrely thing going on here if you keep going like that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one that does squirrels. So being three hours from Minneapolis, there's still freight involved. We do have a large rail hub in the Minneapolis area, but when product gets shipped, uh, it comes into ports either in Savannah, Georgia, Sometimes Texas, uh, Galveston, sometimes it goes to New York, sometimes to Los Angeles, which is really a big issue. And we get most of our product through Tacoma, Washington or Vancouver, Canada. And then the product has to get to our dock. In the past, that was a $5,000 bill. Mm. And that's for like a 40-foot high container. That's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Sure. Last year, we shipped six full overseas containers. Now, to point out, most of our product is made domestically. Mm. This was just some of the accessory components, our game mats, our storage bags. The storage bags are beautiful. They take up a lot of space, though. We had to outsource two other products in Asia that we were unable to source here as hard as I tried. Can you tell us what they what they are? Uh, the leg kits and the dining covers. Okay, thanks. Uh, There's a couple other little accessories that we have, but most of everything else is in the United States. The price of that container went from $5,000 to $28,000. I got one container, $23,000. So now get this. Now get this. You'll love this. So we get get three containers coming in of this huge order that we had ordered prior to the campaign so we could be proactive about all this stuff. Uh, we get these three containers that were refrigerator, non-working refrigerator containers. I got a deal on them. No, this was the deal. They were $13,000 each. So twice as much, more than twice as much as I was usually used to. Well, they get to uh, Savannah, Georgia. They sit in the loading yard for three days because the trucking company doesn't pick them up at the right time. I get charged $1,000 a day for them to be held there. And they said, pay it or else you aren't getting it. No, the guy did it a little bit better than that. He actually says, you know, if you don't want to pay it, we'll make we'll, we'll make an accommodation. You know what I mean? So it was more like that. But <laughs> And then it had to be transloaded. That transloading of the product from the three containers to two full semi-trucks and having it shipped to my door cost another $13,000. Thirty-nine grand. You didn't budget for any of that. So, I mean, did it just totally wipe away your profits, or did you hopefully come out a little bit ahead on the other side? You know, we've been really fortunate. Our, our campaign did well. We had enough volume to handle it. Mm. Our margins are very, very tight on our toppers. Our, our accessories, we do a little bit better, but then we bundle them with the toppers, and we end up taking a lot less margin. So eating that kind of shipping is, it it was very unexpected. I build in usually a 10% uh, variance. I also build in a 5% variance for commodity pricing um, uh, or for uh, currency fluctuations. So that's all in all my spreadsheets and the business plan. So I have a, a buffer. I also buffer usually an extra 60 days on delivery of anything that I expect. And I, I do that to try to perform well and, and execute on what we, what, what we say. That being said, now containers, not only do they cost a lot more, the logistics companies that you work with are overloaded. They're super stressed. They are no longer very customer friendly. Uh, when they used to give you updates, they used to, if there was a trouble, they would work hard to fix it. Now it's like, well, it is what it is and you'll get it when you get it and quit bugging me. And and these are for companies that you've done a lot of business with. I, I can I can envision that you know one of our game buddies, Mark. He's in logistics. I can see him saying that to people, can't you, Marty? You get it when you oh, get. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you get all grumpy on you. He looks like a little dwarf that's grumpy sometimes. I'm just they just pop up out of the ground. <laughs> Hearing how you you have this business plan where you have all these variances and allowances stuff, we can barely run a semi successful podcast. So I can't even imagine. Uh, the planning that uh, that you have to come into, the, especially you are already preparing for these sort of things even before your supply uh, issues hit, and now to be able to ride through that—that's that, uh, 
a lot of businesses aren't around anymore after all the stuff that we just went through. So uh, kudos to you, sir, for, for keeping your head above water and, and turning it around with another kickstart and hope just keep it going. So hold on. I got to ask this. You just went through this with 3.0. Are you in your right mind to start 3.5? I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's, we have a brilliant idea of why we did it. We think it's brilliant. We'll see. <laughs> um, but um, we, I don't know if you want to talk about Kickstarter right now, mm-hmm. but um, one of the main reasons we, we had one product, uh, this kind of goes to the issues of supply chain. Uh, we had our dining cover. We had two companies that prototyped our dining cover. We had one company that made the Lord Burton and JJ Burton mat racks out of this high density, uh, high resin, low moisture MDF. This is not an MDF that you get at Home Depot or Lowe's. Okay, uh-huh. it's used in commercial applications like hotels and hospitals, and then it's electrified and powder coated. Very sophisticated process. Very few people are doing it, but it's it's fantastic. We actually had the idea from you, Marty, to make the Connelson. Hey, I'm proud of this, Berkey, so I got to say this. The only <laughs> product in the Game Toppers catalog to utterly fail, and it was my idea. So, see, that's why I don't run a business. <laughs> what did you do? So, I thought it was a good idea. What so, was it? what is the Connelson, y'all? The Connelson. So, uh, uh, Game Toppers has this, this incredible storage unit for storing these big game mats that you put on the table. I thought, dude. I have a lot of little game mats used for card games. The, the, the small ones that people use in Magic and stuff. It'd be cool to have a place to store those. And you said, yeah, you're right. We're going to do it. Yeah, Marty, nobody bought those. So here, here's a free <laughs> one just to get it out of the warehouse because it's just taking up space now. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's well, true. I, I think- he, did, he didn't <laughs> even try true. to sugarcoat it, Tony. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, I think it's it's still a good idea. I think I wasn't able to execute it well enough to make it sell. Um, It just cost me too much to make them. And and when we had them on the campaign, there there wasn't a big demand. And that's one big issue about manufacturing. You do nothing in small quantities. Everything. I mean, even if you're you're just you're buying tchotchkes to give away to your your listeners, you got to buy 144 of them to even get a halfway decent price on it. Mm-hmm. You don't get to buy 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's much worse when you're manufacturing. Well, when you're talking about supply chain related issues, many of these things have a cascading effect. Take a board game. You've got plastic miniatures, plastic components. Maybe you have wood components. You have cardboard components. Uh, maybe you decided to offer this beautiful, beautiful little statue like Arcane Wonders did for their foundations of Rome, mm-hmm. baby. He's showing it to us right now, y'all. This is the beauty of a podcast. This is friggin' amazing for you listeners. It's bronze. It's it's washed. It's it's hefty. It's got a little rubber base on it. What if you can't get the rubber? Yeah. It holds up the whole project. Well, what if you can't get the metal? Or what if they're be- that factory is behind and it it throws everything off? Well, in the last two years manufacturing domestically has been a challenge and globally has been a challenge. There's been uh, logistical problems with factories being shut down. For instance, in Asia, they were having huge power grid. You probably know some of this, you know, you guys being electrical engineers and gurus. I mean, they were shutting down factories for half of the day because they were conserving power. And I know there's a lot of issues about that, but we had lockdowns. Uh, we had issue, our manufacturer here in Fergus Falls that makes our toppers and assembles them. They have a hundred employees. They were having a hard time getting half of their people in work. Mm-hmm. Well, that affected problems. Uh, I'll give you another example of supply chain. We had all the pricing. Forecasting uh, is really a skill. We've done pretty well with forecasting the demand, forecasting what we're going to order, what we think we can handle from an inventory standpoint to manage it and to afford it. We've, we've done really well since 2017 with those, those thought processes. This year, it just went, just last year, it went, went all the heck. The, our company that makes these, they buy a certain amount of material ahead of time, so the inventory's in stock. But prior to the Kickstarter, we go through this intensive pricing model to check every component. We double source a lot of the products so we're not up against it if there's a problem. Um, so a lot of diligence. People don't know the diligence that goes into just getting the cost of the item so that we can make sure that we're making enough to make it viable to do, but also make it accessible, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm I'm a I'm really uh, a, to the nuts nut nut and bolt guy on that thing. I really put a lot of diligence into those those equations. Our manufacturer does as well. Uh, Kickstarter runs. We have a great campaign. Late pledge matter runs. Getting ready to place all the orders. Guess what? My prices went up. All of a sudden, all these problems started happening. My aluminum went up 16%. That's made in Michigan. Uh, the shipping of the truck, we had three semi-loads of aluminum coming from Michigan to Minnesota. Normally, it would cost five to $600. That went up to $2,800 a truck just to get the raw materials to the powder coater in Minneapolis. And then it had to be trucked again to Fergus Falls. Gosh, dude. I was going to ask you because uh, you, you talked a lot about the shipping, and I was want, I was very curious about just your raw materials and the stuff that you had to deal with. So you you were hit along the entire supply chain from manufacturing to shipping to assembly. Yes, and and our manufacturer they bought a certain amount of our floor material for the toppers made out of it's a polymer called EPVC. It's an extruded uh, polymer. It's very durable and dish, you know it's uh, washable and all that kind of stuff. The prices of that went up. We knew of that. I purchased it anyway and just absorbed that cost. But when that order was placed, um, about three months before we they were to start manufacturing, we were supposed to deliver in November those Wave 2 items. Mm-hmm. And so in October, we were supposed to get the EPVC at the factory and then toppers are going to be manufactured. I get a call. He says, we were checking on our order and the company pulled what's called a force majeure. In other words, they just said, we are not honoring your purchase order. Um, we do not have enough material for it. And the price has doubled. And they canceled an entire order. It was three semi-loads of material. And my manufacturer said, Berkey, uh, we had no way of knowing. And legally, they were able to do it because it was under force majeure pandemic. Oh, come on. Force majeure does not mean, oh, that an act of God. Yeah. yeah, come on. I know what force majeure is. That was what they did. It was horrible. Thankfully, my manufacturer and I are, were, very, were very good working relationship and we've had a long history together. I realized the trouble he was having. Um, we went to our backers, let them know that we're having some trouble. We were very transparent about the delay. Uh, we actually ended up performing pretty well on it when it was all said and done. But my manufacturer had to buy some off-the-shelf product from three other suppliers. Uh, the price of that went through the roof, and now he's got an outstanding forecasting solution for him also. So we have to figure out how to help him with that. And yet I can't eat all of that. It's not my fault. And yet it is what it is. Those are the things that that most folks don't know, you know, and pe- people have... I feel everybody's, if they have a, a concern or they have a complaint about something, man, I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to do my best to understand and and to fix anything mm-hmm. I can fix. But in light of, you know, like now you're hearing people complaining about boxes being damaged or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm picky, you know, I'm, I am kind of, kind of intense about some things and other things, not at all. But, you know, I was talking to Robert Geisinger just posted on Facebook from Arcane Wonders, to ship an empty Foundations of Rome box cost $39. Sheesh. The same price as if it was full and under 50 pounds. Good God! And so someone's got a little dent in the box. Now, if it was a functional issue where you couldn't move the stuff, that's one thing. It is an heirloom box and all that. I get that. But how does a publisher deal with that cost and and shipping is not their fault and especially arcane wonders when you see that box the foam that was in that thing it was a brilliant packaging solution i had three copies and every one of them came in perfect Mm -hmm. but nonetheless you know we used to be able to ship that box for 15 bucks so so let me ask you so you've been dealing with all this all this time and yet here you are you just cranked up another kickstarter the 3.5 uh, did you just now feel was this was a good time because you see light at the end of the tunnel? Or, or what drove your timing for this particular Kickstarter right now? And how have you planned for it? Well, it's a great question. And part of it is... Oh, hold on. Stop. Stop. Can you say that again? That was a reasonably good question. Dadgummit. I, no, I still got it. I'll, I'll, I'll Hold on. I'm going to play that what you just said uh, again right here. Here we go. 
Well, it's a great question. All right, good. We just heard it again. The other guy had a really good question. (laughs) He he didn't verbalize it, but I felt it telepathy. He he occasionally gets one in on a show, so we'll give him this one. It's fair. I'm sorry. I cut you right off. So go ahead. (laughs) To my really good question. I don't even know what it was anymore. I know. I, <laughs> I was waiting for that. I knew that was coming. I knew it. We're too old to be doing free school around after I ask a question. <laughs> Could you write it in large text for me, 16 yeah. font? Well, about your timing of the Kickstarter now and, and how are you dealing with the issues that you might have? But, uh, but do, and what was your, why was the timing of doing it right now? Well, it is a great question. We were going to. Uh, do a Kickstarter in February. My daughter was does all of our graphics work and she was scheduled to have a baby in March, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, baby came early and we were preparing. But then because of the delays, see how delays cause a cascading effect. And that's what a lot of people don't understand about all these issues. It One thing leads to another and it ends up if you're a month delayed, it really turns into two months because of all of those things that cascade together. And when you have supply shortages on top of that, it's hard to forecast. I mean, there's all kinds of supply problems right now. Like you can't find Pop-Tarts. I heard grape Pop-Tarts are hard to find out and uh, weird beverages with Hold on, hold on. Don't, don't be saying, is that true? I, can, I, mean, I haven't I, found them. We tease the grape Pop-Tarts. True. We can't it's on find the internet. I can't find them. I've been in uh, five stores and I cannot find them yet. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Now I'm, I'm just is, ill. Is there a moon, pro- moon pie problem no. too? No, there's never a moon pie no. problem. They can just pump those well, things out. Well, that's because they last forever and they've overstocked. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, right, go ahead. I, I want to get back to the Kickstarter question, Please but do. one really important thing about, about supply chain issues and the way people do business, you know, back in the day when, when I was young, you know, like five mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. um, we, <laughs> we used to ha- have an inventory practice where we held a certain amount of in- inventory if it wasn't a volatile commodity, mm-hmm. price fluctuating commodity. I used to own a computer company, and man, I would I would buy hard drives, but uh, mem- RAM chips. I remember buying two hundred dollar four meg RAM chips. I remember one time making a ten thousand piece order of RAM. Well, it was so volatile, you flipped it right now, or else you could really take a bath on that kind of stuff. But then it started where you had to have a certain amount of inventory to do business. Then the model started changing and we started doing just in time mm-hmm. inventory practices. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody pretty much, because you readily, everything was available. Well, all of a sudden, nothing's available. You can't get chips for the cars. So the cars are sitting on, on a on a parking lot somewhere, can't be shipped. And and when we used to have inventory, now we don't have inventory. So you're seeing a cascading problem by people are overstocking. And going back to an inventory practice because they don't want to be out of business. Right. That makes the problem compounded with the port congestion, with all of those supply issues, uh, transportation, cost, demand, all of that. So on this current Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. We're coming back to that. <laughs> we're going to get there. We're, we're ta- still, still a great I, question. I still have that one. The reason why we did this, we had pre-purchased uh, a lot of aluminum. EPVC flooring was then later purchased at a higher price, but it was purchased. Uh, wood products for uh, some of our luxuriant products. Our mold injected products come out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic mold injected cup holders and dice towers. And uh, you saw this at Tantrum Con. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, what he's holding up is, is a really cool tray that they're going to be offering that has, it's, it's, it's a circle, but there's a lot of little nice nooks and components and places to put cards and bits and everything and to sit in the middle of the table and pass it around. It also makes a cute hat. Well, it's got the game topper image in the center of it. He designed it to look like the game topper image. It's pretty fun. We're going to actually get a lazy Susan bottom for underneath it too. So it can oh, hold on a second. Hold on. That was a game topper. Pull that back out of he here. He didn't even notice That's really it. a game topper image. Yeah. Let me see oh. that. It's a hat. Oh my gosh, I didn't notice that. It's kind of like a bell for Arby's, okay? It's the I didn't notice that the shape of the compartments and everything make up your the your logo with the the uh, top hat. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. I am really slow. Yeah. Anyway, so back to my great question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got right now. <laughs> we had pre-procured a lot of merchandise um and we did very well on on the Kickstarter, but we had also were planning for an additional Kickstarter and we wanted to make sure that we had the capacity to do everything. Well, 
our European backers, uh, all of our product is here for that to ship, but we have to ship it all together. Again, if we can consolidate the shipping on one container, uh, shipping one topper over to Germany, for instance, can cost six to $900 by itself. We're able to do it for about $250 because of this bulk shipping. Now it's actually costing us more than that, but nonetheless, much more affordably. So we thought, how do we... That they're delayed till July when all of our dining covers come in. These are these MDF product we were talking with that we were unable to manufacture in the United States. And I even went so far as to research Canada and try to get it manufactured there. Talked to all kinds of economic development leaders in different provinces, followed up tons of leads, and everything ran into the same dead-end problem. Mm. I spent three weeks just trying to explore that, uh, that option. It ultimately ended up having to make these in Asia, but from actually turned into a fantastic situation with a company that has five major factories that specialize in this. So they're actually experts at this process. So I think it's going to really work out for good, but it took a lot of time and that delayed overseas uh, backers. So that's going to happen in July, whether we had a Kickstarter or not. Mm. So I thought, how do we help them uh, how can I reward them for their patience, for one thing? How can we get additional backers to combine on that order in Europe, UK, Australia, New Zealand, all of that? And one of the products we had not offered on the 3.0 Kickstarter was our leg kits for the Moriarty and Mycroft toppers. Right. This was huge. These these toppers, you saw the videos from Joel Eddy mm-hmm. that did, did the big Warhammer setups? Yes. Like, awesome, right? Yep. I mean, he had Age of Sigmar set up on our war terrain mat, and then he had he had a 40K set up on the volcano mat, and he had Frostgrave on one of our white mats, and it was just gorgeous in this big four-foot, six-foot table. But because of the span on Kickstarter 3.0, we had not developed the center supports. Again, this delay helped us actually uh, innovate and do another thing that was really special we were able to make the center supports two pieces mm-hmm. that would accommodate the Holmes, the Watson, the Moriarty, and the Mycroft by being fully adjustable with bolts. And it also became more stout and sturdy. It doesn't twist because of the extra two layers of angle iron. This innovation allowed us to offer, we, we just got them all in stock. We're sending all those leg kits out right now. Mm-hmm. This allowed us to say, hey, all the Mycroft backers in, in England and Europe and Australia. Now you can get it. You don't have to wait a year and a half till our next mm-hmm. shipment. Plus, we're going to do a bunch of crazy. We've already procured the product. When I re-procure, prices are going up. And it's just the way it is. I, I wish it wouldn't have to be that way, but it is. And so I've got product. This is what price I bought it at. I'm going to offer some specials and mm-hmm. and. We got like our dice towers and our, our poker chip trays. These things are awesome. Yeah, those are very cool. For components. Um, the collapsible cup holders, uh, those dice accessory trays you saw are mats. Um, we had three containers of mats come in. We sell thousands of mats um, with 20 styles in 11 sizes. Yeah. We got a pot. Lo- you should see our warehouse. We have a 5,000 square foot warehouse. One, the clean uh, pick and pack room is actually full of pallets across a 50-foot-long wall by 30 feet that is full of game mats of every variety. And now we can offer that to all of these backers at reduced prices, package deals with stretch goals, and bring in new backers from the United States and Canada that get in on these special prices and quick fulfillment. This is beautiful part about it all. It's all here. It's just a matter of, of packaging it right, offering the new products we're offering. And now everybody wins. And while we're 90% fulfilled with everything except overseas stuff, um, we felt this was just a huge win for our backers. And it also helped us, uh, will help us to procure all this product that we've pre-purchased. Always thinking about the customer. Always thinking about, look at you, man. Yeah. And here's the thing is, y'all, so... <laughs> If you don't have a game topper, this Kickstarter 3.5 is now the time to jump in because you just heard him say that you're going to get it at discounted prices because he already has these materials in stock. The next time he has to order these materials, it's going to be more expensive. So now is the time to jump in and get one 
and you know you're going to get it quick. I uh, One last question on this. I assume maybe shipping is going to be a little bit more than what it has been in the past for your other Kickstarters? It costs us more than we had quoted last time, but we also, you didn't ask me this ahead of time, but we made a corporate decision that we were not going to change our shipping rates overseas. Uh, we're doing this and it, it's hard to explain this to people. And I, I don't want to whine about my problems anyway, you know, but I, I realize that they put their trust in us. They've been waiting for six months longer than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're just going to keep it the same price. And if I eat a little bit, I eat a little bit. That's just the way it is. We're going to get them out. We didn't go back to our backers and charge them for any of these overcharges. The last year, we think the pandemic and supply chain problems cost us close to $200,000 last year. We didn't go back and charge anybody anything. We gave people an opportunity to go with a tip jar on our update. And we had a bunch of people. We had two people donate $500. Oh, that's us. awesome, y'all. People are good. There's a lot of good people in this oh, world. Oh, man, I, 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 I got it. And I sat there and just wept like a little, oh, little that's baby. Awesome, I was man. just like, <laughs> I can't believe people would do this. And I, I, I don't want to ask even, you know. <laughs> it's my problem. I- <laughs> that's not you. That's not you. We know that. Dude, that, that's exciting. It is, wow, what a what a great talk. And I love that we kind of landed on the fact that now's the time if you want one of these, get it. This is going to be your best price right now. And uh, it's going to be ready to go. And you got an honest businessman here, y'all. Just kind of laid it all out there. The problems that he's dealing with, he's trying to make sure he can make money on his side to keep this thing going. But uh, he is also passing a lot of savings on to y'all, or working it out, basically, to be able to pass savings on to everybody, especially with this latest Kickstarter, of shipping additional product overseas and getting a discount on the shipping. So especially if you're not in the U.S., you'll definitely want to take a look at this Kickstarter. That sound about right? Yeah, and it, and the Kickstarter only runs from May 10th, which we've a couple days into it, till May 27th. Oh, it's, so it's short. 17-day, yeah, it's a very short campaign. But the reason we're doing that is we're going to launch the Late Pledge Manager by June 2nd. My son, Josiah, is a, a, an expert at BackerKit. He actually helps mm-hmm. some of their, them with some things. He's a, he's a computer science major. But long and short of it, we have this already set up ahead of time uh, with a lot of things that he's doing behind the scenes so that by June 2nd, the Late Pledge Manager launches. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at the UK Games Expo... Overseas people that are there will be able to late pledge even there, but the late pledge manager is only going to be open for a very limited time. So soon as those dining covers come in, those packages are going to get labeled. That backer kit is going to close down. Those prices are going to close down and and we're going to pack up all those orders and we're going to be fulfilling all that stuff we hope in July to wow. overseas. And then in August, okay, campaigns right now, May. In August, Canada and U.S. is going to get all of their stuff, or at least the stuff is going to start shipping then. Based on the numbers that we're seeing and the amount, we can fulfill close to 25 full package topper kits with all the accessories in a day. So we can fulfill and have the capacity uh, to custom pick every order fairly quickly and uh, by the end of August, we hope this whole baby is ready to go and we're re- ready to cruise into the Christmas season. We haven't had a Christmas sale for three years because of all these issues. And this year, we'll see what happens around Christmas. We might be able to offer some some specialty items or something like that. So. Um, I tell you, sitting at Tony's table was a wonderful experience. It is it is such a pleasure to play uh, on, this, on this game topic. Literally just having a rail and that nice mat just makes it all worthwhile. So I... I can't urge y'all enough. If you're interested, do it now. Now, Berkey, before we let you go, man, as like we do on all of our original at the table episodes, <laughs> oh boy. we're going to have Here you hang go. around for our game of rank them. Welcome to our game of Rankum. The rules are very simple. I'm going to give you three items and you're going to rank those in any order that you want to. And you can explain the reason for your ratings. For example, I might say chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. You give us the reasons for your rankings and we'll just kind of go from there. Kevin, do you understand the rules of this game? 
This is a very good rule set, very good mm-hmm. teach. Yes, I think I understand. It's rare. It's rare for me. And, mo- yeah. and most points don't win, <laughs> so don't worry about that either. Uh, Tony, you want to kick us off, man? Sure. So for our first <laughs> rank here you go, Kevin. Ice, snow, rain. Okay. Well, I'm going to say ice, number one. Why? That sounds crazy. What? Snow, uh, then rain, and then snow. Okay, the reason being is I live in Minnesota, and when the ice is thick, I mean, if I can get 12 inches of ice, my fish house is going out to Jewett Lake Road, my ATV, I'm pulling it up, and I'm ice fishing in the fish house. Yes, baby. It's also good for beverages. (laughs) That makes total logical sense. So for me, I'm in the South. I don't want to deal with that stuff, so I'm going to go rain snow because i know with snow at least i can get around a little bit in order to be gone by tomorrow and then ice because you can't drive on that stuff and everything just shuts down around here and then for me it's going to be snow rain ice for the power industry snow is no big deal it doesn't cause outages Mm. rain it loosens up all the buzzard crap that's on our towers and causes shorts so i hate dealing with that and our guys have to get up there and scrape it off and then ice is the worst. It will take us out in a heartbeat. So that's my reasons. Marty? That's good reasons. All right, here's my first one. So uh, Berkey makes amazing beef jerky, y'all. Every once in a while, when I see him at a con, he'll bring a bag of beef jerky. So here we go. Teriyaki peppered smoked. Oh, that's super easy. Smoked pepper teriyaki. Mm. Uh, because I have two smokers, um, uh, I love to smoke my jerk. I have my own Burke's Happy Mouth Signature Spice. I have a little spice company. I used to work as a professional chef years ago. You think you guys have tried my Happy Mouth oh, Spice. Oh, dude, right? I have bags of it. Like every time I see them, it's like, I need another bag, dude, because I use it on everything. I'm out. Where, I'm, I know. Uh-oh. I need the recipe. I don't, I'll don't. i make my own. I just need the recipe. Nope. It's a secret. Uh, I, I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> so... You know, when did I ever refuse an accommodation? <laughs> so I, I love to smoke all kinds of meats, but particularly the jerky. And then I really like pepper. So smoked pepper is really the real number one. Teriyaki, I tend to not like sweet mm. with my meat. I like more savory. Got it. Tony. Let's see. I'm going to go with uh, teriyaki, pepper, smoke based on the cost in the grocery store. Teriyaki costs the most, and then pepper, and then smoke. You better not be in that. Gro- ah. You better not be in that grocery store. It's on fire. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, <clears throat> I'm going to go smoked. I like all natural. I do like a sweet flavor, so I'm going to go teriyaki next, and then finally peppered. Tony, what's your next one? All right. Seeing as how you caught me off guard here on these rankings, he's like, "Hey, we're going to do a rank I'm like, "Well, oh crap! I'm going to have to come up with some things." You know that every time we do an original at the table, there will be a rankum at the end. All right. So let's see if I can do this. Baseball cap, the little beanie, or a stovetop hat. That really was off the top of his head. It was. Literally. Did he say top hat? A, a stovetop hat. A Lincoln. A stovetop. Abraham Lincoln. A game top hat. I got to throw it back to you, dude. Well, okay. Gosh, now that screwed me up when you just said that. It would have been easy. It would have been cap and beanie. But now the game topper hat, that's pretty iconic mm-hmm. for me. And yeah, it's game topper. It's a top hat. It's duh. And then baseball cap, but which I will normally wear. But we just got some new game topper baseball caps with the game topper logo so it's two in one you need one of those right i need one of those i love ball caps pick me pick me and then the beanie because they're always falling off my head mm. i just soon have a fur hat up here in minnesota for the winter than a beanie i'm gonna go in the way that i would wear them and ball cap for sure number one easily i love wearing ball caps i rarely wear a beanie ever and i don't even have a top had to even wear. So that, that'll that be my order. <laughs> so for me, it's going, I'm going to rank them in the chances of a ceiling fan knocking it off my head. So, okay. so a beanie less likely than a baseball cap. Well, top hat, I'm six, two. So you put one of those on my head, it's going flying across the room. So that's number Ooh. three. Nice. 
All right, sir. And for the final rankum, here we go. Thank goodness. Because it's themed around your tables. Sherlock, Ooh. Watson, Moriarty. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, no. I he said it again. That's two great ones in one night. That's two great ones on the original at the table show. He's a man on fire. <laughs> uh, for me, it's the Watson, then the Holmes, and then the Moriarty. Okay. Reason being, Watson is 38 inches by 60 inches. 90% of the games I play, it's perfect for my reach. Uh, I, I love the way it fits on my table. The Sherlock Holmes is really close at three foot by six foot. Love that topper uh, because it's a little bit longer and you get three people on each side. The Moriarty is awesome for countertop tables that are four foot by four foot or a round table. Works great for that, but I generally would prefer to play on a Watson and that's my rank them. Oh, that's a good one. I thought it may be around your products. Tony? All right, get your beeper ready. You ready? Okay. I'm ranking them on what best completes this expression. No sh- Sherlock, Watson, <laughs> Moriarty. That's my rank them. <laughs> wow. He, he put a lot of thought wow. into that one. All right. So mine is actually based off the characters themselves. And actually, it's going to be based off one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And that's Sherlock. Have either y'all watched mm. Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch? No. Yep. Okay, so Kevin, that's so I'll talk to him. Uh, the art, the uh, actor who played Moriarty was amazing in that show. That guy was just ruthless. I mean, that that actor portrayed that character so well. Uh, sinister, really sinister. sinister yes. Yeah. So he's going to be my number one. D- number two, I got to I got to give it to Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch played that character so well. But right in a close second, Marvin Freeman as Watson was also iconic. Every character on that show was so good. But man. When Moriarty is in the scene, he steals the scene. He did such a good job. Yeah, that's that's a good thought too. Ah, uh, yeah. And on our three, I just got a quick compliment. I got a good, a great, and a good. <laughs> Eric Summerer from the Dice Tower did the voice of Watson uh-huh. for our latest video, and we put together this video, and I did a scratch track for him. But if you I mean like rapping video on the Kickstarter, you, you like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, rapping. Okay, scratch. No, no, no. We did we did a, a really Sherlock Holmesian themed speech. Anyway, he reprised his role as Watson, oh, nice. and it's kind of a cool video. I think it's one of the best ones we've ever done. So if you haven't seen it, just check it out and then tell me if I'm crazy. Where can we find that video? You can find the video on our YouTube channel, Board Game Theater Game Toppers, or right on the top of our Kickstarter page. When you open that baby up, you'll see that that beautiful Mycroft with the Warhammer setup, Age of Sigmar. Click that play button, and you've got three minutes of joy. Oh, wow. So now, where can people find the link to your Kickstarter? We will for sure have it in this uh, our show notes, but if people were searching for it, I guess they can just go to Kickstarter and search for Game Toppers. Yep, Game Toppers 3.5. You'll find the latest campaign. Uh, you can go to GameToppersLLC.com and hit the Game Toppers Kickstarter link. Or on Facebook, Twitter, all of the links you're seeing on our pages there at Game Toppers, they're all going to direct you right to that campaign. You cannot miss it. Oh, Kevin, this was exciting, man. I- I'm so glad we did this because I learned a lot, my friend. You-, you are a very wise businessman. I wish we had like a lot more time, but you know, it is late here and, and we're old men, but and besides I haven't seen blue bloods from last late week. Oh Lord. Here so, we go. So anyway, I, I would just show. love to hear, you know, Cap- Oh wait a minute. Did you say he loved that show? I love it. Okay. Blue then y'all can have, you know, come back on anytime and have your own little blue blood segment. I started, I started going back to season one oh, on prime Lord. on Amazon prime. Because I didn't know the whole story. I still don't know season three. So I got to catch uh, it's a, up. It's but, a, you got plenty of time. But my point is, I would just like to hear all of Kevin's experiences. I've heard, the fir- this was the first time I've heard Chef and just have him sit down <laughs> and talk to us about his experience. <laughs> uh, computer company I knew oh. about, Chef. Tony, you know what we need to do? What? Let's get him and Rob Davio on the show together. Oh, yeah. Rob Davio is a big food guy too. He loves cooking and everything. And we had these two, these two uh, oh, connoisseurs. We could have a... Fun time. We, we've got a backer. His name is David Orse. And get this. This guy has one of our oak toppers. He takes it to people's home, 
provides them a thematic food <gasps> meal that's thematic and a game teach, brings the game, brings the topper, brings the food, and gives them an entire evening. The guy's amazing. Wow. He's on our Game Topper Nation Facebook group. You got to go see this stuff. It's And this food is like crazy. It's gourmet, but it looks like good gourmet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds so awesome. But Kevin also competes with us on podcasting, don't you, Kevin? Yeah. Where you got a podcast, man? Well, we have the Berkey and Badger board game babble show, but but we're very obscure compared to the mighty rolling dice and taking names uh, board game geek nominated uh, (laughs) podcast. And, but Barry Doublet and myself, Barry's from France. Uh, We have friendship five years. We've been doing the show and I always say never give a monkey a keyboard. And somehow we got two monkeys with keyboards and we're still doing it. So, Oh man. It was so great uh, hearing from you. I'm going to be seeing you. I assume I'll probably see a Gen- You'll see us at Gen Con, right? I'm not exactly sure about Gen Con. How but dare I will you? I'll be at a Dice... Well, it's right in the middle of our fulfillment. So uh, possibly Dice Tower... Or we are definitely... I'm going to Dice Tower uh, East and uh, BGG Con. So, but it's possible that I might be able to make it uh, Gen Con. We'll see what happens. So, Tony, forget any sort of uh, jerky or spice or ball caps. That's okay. Jeez. I'll see him next year. Matter of fact, you know, when it gets warm enough in Minnesota, so maybe in August, we can go up and see him. There you go. Because I'm not ice fishing. We'll have rolling rolling dice con in Minnesota. If we did that, we'd do it on the ice fishing. You and I ice fishing would be hysterical. (laughs) It would be like that grumpy old men thing. It'd be awesome. We can complain about small text on cards, <laughs> and long rules, well, explanations. We'll have a yeah. great time together. Well, that was Walter Malthow and um, oh god, who was the other character? Oh, grumpy old men. Yeah, uh, was it? Yeah. Was it Lemon? Walter, uh, yeah. yeah, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Yeah. There we go. People are like, we don't know what y'all are mm-hmm. talking about. It's time to stop listening. And Burgess Meredith. Yeah, Marty, you could be Burgess. You go. You could do Burgess. Quack, 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 quack. That's the only thing I know Burgess from. Oh, and also Rocky. Duh. Yeah. Doy. All right. <laughs> Berkey, thanks once, once again, man. Check out his Kickstarter, y'all. The great stuff. Tony, take us on out of here. And that's it for... Oh, in my NPR voice. Okay, got it. I'm ready. Here we okay, go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Name, the original at the table. Thanks for listening and thanks to Kevin for coming on. Make sure to come back for our next episode when we cover some more games and a big announcement about the big event at Gen Con. Could you do it in the secret cabal voice? Thanks for listening to the original <laughs> at the table. <laughs> Maybe you just need to sing it. Sing okay, it in okay, your, okay, here we go. Sing, sing another it. one. Just sing, do the song instead. That was so two original studs. Taste buds. <laughs> the original at the table. With the two original studs. Taste buds. How else do you want me to embarrass myself? I'm all there for you. I'll do anything for a game topper. I love you, man. <laughs>